Welcome to the Grid Live special edition. We're going to do some current events today, and we're also going to do a little special thing. I'm going to bring in our Grit Live producer, all the way from Germany right now, Veronica Prez. Veronica, you're now in front of the mic. How you doing, kid? I'm doing great. Now that I'm in front of the mic, I can claim all the the attention I rightfully deserve. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Look at this. She's going right at it. I like it, folks. So let me tell you a little bit about, about Veronica and how we met. Um, Veronica is just uh, a very, very capable Cornell class of 2019 graduate, graduated in May. And we met uh, last January, I think, at a, um, a Cornell hockey event. And, uh, you know, we were fast friends ever since. So, uh, Veronica, welcome. Thank you so much. So happy to, to be here. Yeah, so just, just so you guys know, too, uh, Veronica has a uh, Cornell media background. Um, she's worked at for the Media Guild as uh, the president, of course. She's the woman, woman in charge. And she's also worked for WVBR, which is the student, uh, I don't know if it's a student radio show. Is it student or is it just a normal radio show? What's that, Veronica? We're completely independent. We make our own money, but we are student-led. Okay. So we're not getting money from Cornell University we're making all of the executive decisions. However, we're staffed by students and um, some local Ithacans and some full-time employees, but the majority of the people at the station are students. I absolutely love that. And um, just to make a sports analogy, I don't know if you know this, you, you may, you may not. Um, there's a lot of hockey programs and non-hockey, you know, maybe like other sports programs throughout the country, they're club programs. And in hockey, I know best, obviously, because I'm a hockey coach. Um, there's programs like UMass, uh, Amherst, and um, Penn State. that They have student-run clubs. And the same thing, it's a student-run organization. They make their budget, they raise their money, they hire the coach. And I just think it's a phenomenal model that, you know, kind of crosses in internships with life experience and uh, and university. So that's why you're so smart. <laughs> But this is why I love working with you, Digit, because um, you're bringing a totally different world to me, the sports world. So whenever I have a little experience or I want to learn something, you give me the broader perspective. Yeah, baby. Well, that's why you're on the show, because today we're going to talk about current events. We are going to talk about the NCAA letting college athletes profit from their likenesses. Whoa, baby. You know, do you know anything about this, Veronica? Because, you know, this could almost be like a Q&A thing, you know, but uh, wondering, wondering what you know before I give you my take on it. I was vaguely familiar with this and I've read a few articles and it seems like, to my understanding, uh, the NCAA did not allow athletes to profit off of their name, their likeness, anything while they're in school. And now they are allowing it. That's that's all I know. <laughs> okay. Well, perfect. That's a perfect segue. And, you know, and the, the rub has been on these universities that make massive amounts of money on college athletes. And by that, I mean, you know, they've got these TV shows. They've got the, when I say they, um, NCAA, as well as the institutions that have these 
have these athletes, mostly football and basketball, but you know, lot, lots more going on now that, you know, we're getting into the 20th, 21st century, but for years and years, the colleges and the NCAA would profit off the student athletes. And yeah, the student athletes did get a scholarship. They, they did get an education, but if you start to do the math on how much money the universities were making off the athletes, it was really tipped into the universities uh, on their side of the scale. So that's a little bit why this is happening. I think I sent you this video digit that was on the New York Times about uh, an athlete who likens a, a student athlete as someone as talented as an artist or a writer or a student of any other passion but not being allowed to profit off of what they want to pursue. Yep. And it, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of the world of athletics and how the NCAA, as a national governing body of the universities, sets the standards, sets the rules. And, you know, I think a lot of it, they were put in place, the rules, because you know, there would be people that would break the rules, right? They would pay athletes to get them on their teams. Uh, you'd have like these gangster style agents and, and, and people coming in and to these kids that may be great football players or, or great basketball players. And they would go into different areas of the country and find them, like whether they be a, uh, an Iowa kid from a farm that was a great football player or, you know, someone that lived in the inner cities that was a basketball player, not to stereotype, but a lot of these people, the athletes that they were trying to um, uh, get to their schools and recruit to their schools were not wealthy. So they would pay them and they break the rules like agents to pay them to be on their staff or, you know, to give them extra benefits. So that's why all these rules started to get created through the NCAA. But now, uh, with the, the 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 revenue streams of of sponsors and you know equipment sponsors and 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 sneak sneakers all that Nike like there's just the world is so different and now the athletes can't benefit so it's kind of evolved to this Veronica and for those of you who don't know I'm here with Veronica Perez our uh, producer who is on the show with us class of 2019 Cornell University uh, she's with me today and we're talking about the NCAA allowing athletes to benefit from their likenesses. But um, Veronica, yeah, so that's how it all started. So it's been evolving to this, to head. It's coming to a head right now. Wow. Well, thank you for that recap. Um, I, this is my first question as someone with almost no sports background. Why is it that sometimes, or it seems like most of the times, the big names in sports are males and they seem to circumvent all of these downsides of the NCAA? Even though in the past they're not allowed to profit, but why is that segue into NCAA to professional sports easier for them? Oh, well, I think a lot of the segue into pro sports is easy for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, you don't even have to play out your four years if uh, if you're a male athlete. I mean, obviously you don't have to do it if you're a female athlete. But um, for example, like with hockey, you'll have players after their sophomore year. Well, you'll have players sign before they even go to college. Um, and some Canadian male athletes just bypass college altogether and go right to the right to the NHL because they can benefit monetarily. But um, when you look at the male athletes in the NCAA, they just have you know so many more opportunities from a financial perspective that uh, you know it, it does affect them and impact them more, which is a great a great segue into what 
what my big kind of uh, rub is on all of this, this really, and you know, we can sit here all we want and think, oh my God, you know, women are going to benefit from this. We're not going to benefit at all because at the end of the day, this is all about football, basketball, even women's basketball. It's not going to be that much. So, you know, that's why when we talked about doing this show, I was telling you I have a lot to say because I, I really don't think it it's going to affect women at all, but it should because at the end of the day, these these the media should start to cover women and women in sports. And when are we going to change that? So that was a lot, but that was a long answer to your short question. No, not a short question at all, because I think you touched upon the media thing, but there are just so many avenues. Like I'm just now finding out about all of this through you, but there are so many ways in which women are disadvantaged in not only sports, but in media and in coverage and just being a hot topic in in culture. I, I, I'm glad that you are starting this platform of having uh, fantastic women in sports on podcasts to talk about it, but I want to I want to hear about you Digit. Like what what are all the fantastic things that's going on behind the scenes in your life and how how you're bringing this attention back to the women? Well, well, I mean, obviously, I think uh anyone that knows me knows that I'm not afraid of the microphone <laughs> and a lot of the stuff that a lot of the stuff that we're trying to do is get the word out on campuses. Um, you know, whenever I go up to Cornell, I'm always talking to the athletes and I encourage uh, all other women uh, alums to get out there and, and create that network and that ability for women to grow, not only in athletics, but in life, you know, using sports as their platform. You know, obviously the other, the other thing that I, I think that our listeners know about me is we're doing the Herstory uh, Virtual Museums, which are uh, now one is up in Tampa, uh, we're talking about doing them at a couple of colleges, and those museums basically tell women's sports stories in both a virtual platform as well as a brick and mortar on the wall platform. So that's really cool. And our first one we did was down in Wesley Chapel, Florida. But you know, these the podcast that I'm doing is is trying really like this right now is to elevate the status of women in the sports space you know, through the media and let's start to get our stories out, whether in, they're in, in, in on audit, audible or audio, or they're in print or they're, you know, on a wall or they're in video, you know, the 37 seconds we're doing, like anything that we can do to get the word out, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And I'm also encouraging others, other people that aren't afraid of the microphone, like yourself, like I love that we're, we're doing this with you to now elevate everyone's brands together so that, you know, what do they say? The rising tide raises all ships. Let's all work together and get, and get the word out that women are important in society and use sports as our platform to get the messaging out. Again, long answer, short question. No, I, I, I just love listening to that and listening to you. And it's crazy that we're seeing these huge sort of like institutional changes and, we're reclaiming spaces in podcasting and other avenues that didn't exist even 10 years ago. And now we're seeing a sort of a ripple effect into things like the NCAA. And I don't know if I can even say that that's a direct relationship, but it's interesting now that women and allies of women are going into these spaces that we didn't have just a short time ago. 
and making it our own. Yeah, 1000% social media. You know, if we didn't have social media, like look at how the politicians, these young politicians are starting to use that. Even someone like, you know, that's older politician like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie, like they're just getting the word out. And, you know, I, I know that I just used the two candidates that are a little on the socialistic model, but, you know, it's, it's interesting how social media and the vehicles behind that, the, you know, the podcast, like the low cost uh, opportunities that you have to reach people, I think is making a difference. And I think it, it, again, it's about valuing women. We make less money, but it doesn't mean that we have less of a voice. And now we're figuring out, Hey, I can get on a podcast for little to no money. I can get on Instagram for no money. I can make noise. And that's what we really need to do. And I don't mean noise in a bad way. I mean noise in a good way. We we deserve to be at the table. We deserve our opinions to be at the table. And we deserve to have value in, in our society and in our economy. And I think that's what women are, are starting to do. Definitely. And I love a point that you brought up in another conversation we had about the context of these platforms. For example, we were uh, talking about TED Talks for some reason. And you said, you know, women might not feel comfortable um, having an audience staring at them and being in front of a microphone. And that really stuck out to me because I didn't even think about the spaces in which we talk and speak and interact with one another contributes to sort of a, a, an institution that isn't really built for women. And I love that podcasting and other things like social media are becoming something that's easily molded for whoever's on it. Um, and it's funny also you bring up social media because I read in an article that uh, Senator Richard Burr tweeted that athletes who make money for endorsements should be taxed on their scholarships should this law pass. What do you think about that? Hmm. Interesting. Tax on their scholarships. You know, I, I think that what that does basically is – it takes care of, it just goes with our, you know, our total uh, political mindset that it will affect all the people, right? We'll all get, all the kids, all the women will get taxed and they won't get any benefit. So I think it's a bad idea. I think it really screws women and any of the underserved population. And it's only going to benefit the top, you know, point point zero zero five percent to be honest, because you know, it, it, I think, I, I don't think it's a good thing, you know? And of course, of course, that person, don't know who he is, don't know what he looks like, but it doesn't shock me that that would be the, the, the answer to it. Oh, let's just tax all the people. Okay, great. Let's tax the people that like, like the women who literally make, like this is their actual job. And some of these women couldn't even go to college if it wasn't for sports, but yeah, let's tax them. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah. And it's just like all the other students who are pursuing what they want to pursue are not subject to this kind of scrutiny. It just seems like a very um, outdated mode of handling people in sports. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to my world. You know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, we do the whole women's empowerment thing. If you can see it, you can be it for play it forward. You know, we're, we are such babies and I don't mean that in the bad way. I mean, in a good way, we're infants in the world of sports as women, right? Veronica, because we've literally just started 
playing sports with the advent, not the advent, but the, uh, the, when, when title nine was actually a thing, uh, we had women, you know, start to get resources for sports, but really, when you really look at it, it didn't really, title nine didn't really start to be enforced until the mid to late nineties. And now we're seeing it in the, uh, 2020s getting into another level. So we're babies and infants when it comes to sports. And then I think we had another conversation and I think you were like, wow, I never thought of it like that, but we really are infants when it comes to creating wealth for ourselves, because in the seventies, we still had our, needed our husbands on our bank account as women. You know, we were, could only be nurses or teachers or secretaries, you know, the, the educational, uh, you know, kind of mindset was stacked against us. You know, you look at RBG and she wasn't able to go to law school. And and I think her husband advocated for her. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. The stuff that we've seen in our lifetime that have, have Mm -hmm. empowered women. And again, relative to where we are in history, we're tiny, tiny babies in our growth and development. And we're, we've come a long way, baby. Yeah. Virginia slim, even though it's a cigarette company, um, we have come a long way, and uh, we got we got a lot a long way to go. You just said in our lifetime, but more specifically in your lifetime, you've seen Title IX and now this, and you were talking a little bit about how the um, effects of Title IX didn't really come into play until a few years after. Do you think a similar thing was going to happen here, where it's going to take some time? Yeah, with the NCAA, you know, I I, I think it. I don't think it's going to take a lot of time. I think. The, what's going to take time is for the media and for, for the fan base to understand and embrace women's sports so that women can actually make money on their likenesses, you know, <laughs> and, and you see it a lot, which I, which I hate to bring this up, but I guarantee the sports that will start to make money on their likenesses are the sports where women do not wear any equipment. Guarantee it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's part of history. It's part of where we're evolving as a species where women, you know, can, can be whoever they want to be as opposed to how people assume they're supposed to be. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it'll take time, but it'll take a long time, I think for women to really get their due. But, um, you know, hopefully in my lifetime, I see it and please in your lifetime, make a difference to do something there, Veronica. That's why we're bringing you on, baby. <laughs> I think we can shake on that. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've got. I can't believe we've already talked almost twenty minutes, kid. I mean, for your first show. I mean, we we're going, we're going. Maybe <laughs> and anyone anyone that loves Veronica on the show, make sure you uh, put a little comment in the show notes because today I'm with Veronica Perez, who is our producer on the show. And we brought her on for a a younger person's millennial perspective on sports as someone who doesn't even know sports really is just learning about it. So Veronica, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Well, thank you so much, Digit. This was a blast. I loved it. Well, we're going to have to have you on again. Put it in the, put in the show notes, Veronica, put all everything that you do. (laughs) We want, we want to hear you hear from you again. So anyways, for today's uh, version of the grit, the current events version I'm Digit Murphy for Veronica Perez. We'll see you next time.